Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Frank Pizor. So without further ado, here he is. If you want to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. make sure I get the right notes. I don't start out with we're gathered here together to welcome a new family for the wedding later on today. Make sure I get the right ones. But Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 13. And I want to talk today about being devoted to one another. Paul writes this. He says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. You know, one of the things about pulling something like this out of a context, it doesn't give us the bigger picture of what's actually going on in the whole book of Romans. So just as a quick survey of Romans, the book of, in the first three chapters, Paul lays out the case that everyone has fallen short of the glory of God because of their sin. And for that reason, we're all under the wrath of God. And yet, he says there is justification in Jesus Christ. There is salvation. There is freedom from sin. In Jesus. So after laying out this big case that we're all in trouble, he comes up with a solution and says, the solution is Jesus. Find him and you find eternal life. But not just for the future, but also for the present. And so in chapters 6, 7, and 8, Paul lays out a case of how we can live this new life now. Not just in the future when we're set free, but how we can live it out now. And then in the remaining chapters, 9, 10, and 11, he lays out this beauty of how, as you have been saved, God has picked you. God has chosen you. You're a part of his family. See the good things that God has done in chapter 12, that really cool word, therefore, or in light of all of these cool things that God has done. You were in this bad place under God's wrath, but he gave his only son as a gift, a free gift, because Gifts are free, right? To you, that you might experience life. Freedom from condemnation, freedom to live this new life now, and a freedom to enjoy that life forever. And that's the context, because Paul has laid out this case to see the greatness and the good things that God has done for us. And now he wants to say, in light of all of this, this is how you respond to the message. And in the first part of Romans chapter 12, he says, listen, if God has gifted you in a certain manner, he has given you that gift for a reason and use it and use it well to the best of your ability. But then he turns to relationships and he says, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. And this is what we're going to focus on. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. What Paul is talking about here is a love for each other, the church, the body of Christ, the family of God. A love that is filled with affection, tenderness, kindness, care, and concern. 
the love that the normal and, in fact, godly family should have for one another. It is a love in a sense that the parent feels for the child and hopefully that the children feel for the parents. You know, as a parent, that cool feeling when you go to Sunday school and your kid runs up to you and goes, Mommy, Daddy, right? That's the kind of, of really cool, warm love. And it's the love that you have when you see or think of your children. And Paul here is really wanting them to see that in light of everything that God has done for you, this great, unconditional, extravagant, never-ending love that you have experienced in Christ because of God is now something that you should turn around and give to everyone who is around you. Literally, this is what Paul is saying. He says, I urge you to be lovingly loving with loving love. Charlie, you want to repeat that for me? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I don't want to embarrass you. Of course, I already have. So what's the difference, right? Paul says, I urge you to be lovingly loving with loving love. That's a whole lot of love. So when he says be devoted to one another, he's really, 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 really encouraging that love is one of the signs of who we are as members of the family of God. There's a lot of signposts. Now, in youth group, we usually ask, I like to ask questions during the message. So I'll do it anyway. But what are some signposts of how you know that someone is a follower of Jesus? And don't say love because then that ruins all the other things that I have here. Kelly, would you say obedience? You would. Okay, good answer. That is a great answer. How do you know someone follows Jesus if they obey him, right? See, now you'll never sit in front again, of course, either. But that's the, the, the trauma of it all. Yes, obedience. You know, if Jesus says something, you know that you're following him when you are actually obedient to him. Anyone else want to throw something else out there? Caring. Okay, caring as in this verse, as in love. Okay. Anything else? I'm sorry. Patience. Okay, that would be a sign too, a fruit of the spirit. Anything else? Did you say submission to God's will? Yes, Michael, very good. You've been learning in youth group. I like that. Excellent. Things like that are things that tell us these are signposts of a follower of Jesus. But now, what do we know that everyone says is the main signpost of someone who follows Jesus? Go ahead, say it out loud. It's a four-letter word. It's the one four-letter word you can say in church over and over again and not get in trouble. Love, right? Love. So Paul says, I urge you, to be lovingly loving with loving love. Why? Because in light of everything that God has done for you, remember what you were like, lost in your sin. You might have been a good person, but there is a selfishness that consumed you that consumes everybody else. And in the midst of all of that lostness, God has stepped in and said, Here I love you mess and all, and I give to you everything I have, the best that I have, because I loving you, love you with loving love. And because God has done that for us, Paul recognizes that the call of God in our lives is to be the same to people who are around us. Now, as I was reflecting on this, one of the things that I was Thinking about, I wonder if Paul has ever experienced having been lovingly loved with loving love. 
And I thought, you know, when he was in the church of Jerusalem, I have to imagine that when he was in worship services or small group Bible studies, he had to be in the presence of people, family members of those that he had either sent off to prison or had seen martyred, family, friends, what have you. And to have experienced at first a fear because maybe he's a spy or whatever, we don't know. But in the end, to have experienced this sort of love because I can imagine that people surrounded him with love even after all of the things that he had done because they would have understood the gospel. As God has done for me, he calls me to do for other people. Now, it's not an easy love to do. Let me give you a couple examples of what I think is like being devoted to one another. Here's a weak example. Have you ever watched the news? And uh, some kid might be a teenager or a young adult, uh, does some horrible crime. What do the parents say when they're interviewed? I mean, I know, I know you heard it and you want to say it, but what, what, do the, what does the parent normally say? Oh, yeah, such a good boy. My kid would never do that. He would never hurt a fly. And I can remember years ago, uh, when I was at Cook County as a volunteer chaplain, this one guy, every week I came, he sat down to me and he said, I did not kill that girl. I promise you, all they had was my name and a phone book and all that other stuff, nothing else. To find out that after we'd gotten kicked out of Cook County that he eventually admitted he actually did it. And I thought to myself, hold on a second, that sounds like a parent who would say, my kid would never do that. And that's a good thing. You know, you don't want to see TV and the kid goes, oh, man, I knew he was a mess, that rotten, stinking kid of mine, because what does it do? It reflects on you as a parent, right? So it's a natural reaction. There's a sense of devotion. But I think what is missed on that is that this is not a good example of what being devoted to your children is, because sometimes our kids do those things, and we have to say this, yes, this is horrible, and yes, my child did that, but I will stand by them. It is God who says, yes, my children have failed. They have made those mistakes, even after you've begun to follow Christ. But I will stand by you. I'm devoted to you. And how does that relate to the church? Paul says, quite simply, as we fail, even when we fail one another, we are to be devoted to one another. We are, as he says, to be lovingly loving with loving love. Now, is our Sergeant Phil Kim, Phil Kim here? I know Michelle's, I've seen her a couple times as I've looked around. Is, is Phil here? I had a conversation with Phil. Oh, there's Michelle. Okay. Phil, not, not Phil Lee. Phil Lee was not, you weren't in the Marines, were you? You look like a Marine, but you weren't. But I, I, I called Phil today and I said, what is it like in the Marines? And it's like this. I asked him this question. I said, point blank, you and I are in the Marines together. I was never a Marine either. I know I have the physique for that, but I wasn't in the Marines. I promise you. But I said, if, because the Marines say never leave a man behind. I said, if you hate me and I hate you and we're in the same unit and we're on the battlefield and I get shot and killed, will you come and get me? And he said, yes, because we are that, in terms of Paul, devoted to one another. So even if they hate each other, they will not leave a man behind. That is devotion to one another. And let's admit it. You don't have to raise your hands on this because I don't want to feel discouraged. But in church, aren't there sometimes people you just don't seem to get along with? Right? You love them and you like them, right? 
but you just can't seem to get along with them. What is the call of Paul? It is to be devoted to one another. It is to lovingly love with loving love. That's the sort of devotion. It's a devotion that a husband and a wife have. You know, it's in sickness and in health, in good times and bad times. It's not like only in good times. Hey, hey babe, man, you're hot today, but when you turn 50, it's over. Or, you know, you know, when I married you, you're really cool and nice, but it's been three weeks and I'm tired of you. I'm out of here. That's not devotion. The marriage covenant is a covenant of devotion that says, I am with you. Forgive my language. Come hell or high water. I am devoted to you. We will struggle sometimes. We will suffer sometimes. But I am devoted for you. And just like the Marines, I will not leave you behind no matter what. That's, I think, a really good example. But the better example is in the body of Christ. Or at least should be in the body of Christ. How we are devoted to one another. Now, when we look around, one of the interesting things, what do people say about churches when they leave them? They say, when every time I come on Sunday, everybody looks so happy and perfect. Everybody looks like life is good and everything's going really nice for me. Or, and, and I'm coming and I'm a chocolate mess. And I feel like I'm the only chocolate mess in the whole church because everybody else is smiling and happy and praise the Lord and hallelujah. And I just can't say that. And so they go. But let's be honest. How many of you in the last... Five years have felt like a chocolate mess at church. Raise your hands. Only a few of you, huh? All right. Well, the rest of you are perfect. That's wonderful. And you're lying. So there are seasons of life that we go through. And we struggle and we have difficulties. And, you know, sometimes we hurt one another pretty seriously. There are a few of you that I can think of here that I have hurt in very serious ways. And I can tell you that there's been uh, amounts of grace passed from people towards me because of the mistakes I've made. That teaches me the lesson of how we are devoted to one another. Some people could say, I've had it. That's enough. You have failed me. That's easy to do. You can even go to another church if you wanted to, if you're tired of failing people. The only problem is when you get there, people are going to fail you there as well. We stick together as a body of Christ because we are devoted to one another. We really, as Paul encourages us to do, want to be lovingly loving with loving love. Let me throw a qualifier. I hate qualifiers. Years ago, youth group meeting at another church, and this girl spent like an hour and 15 minutes sharing the love of God. Oh, God loves us. God loves us. And then I got up and ruined it all in 30 seconds and said, but sometimes we sin and God is holy. I was like, oh, my goodness, what have you done? I ruined it. I offended her too, and uh, she extended grace as well, but I ruined it. But I have to throw this qualifier in because sometimes we see love as a kind of weak thing that overlooks the things that are wrong with people. This is not the love that Paul is calling for. When Paul says, I urge you to be lovingly loving with loving love, this is the same guy who said to the Corinthian church, if you don't take care of this guy who is sleeping with his father's wife, I'm going to turn him over to Satan. Now, that doesn't sound very loving, but is it actually a loving act because he says this is wrong? 
And in 2 Corinthians, he'll say, I'm so glad that you guys got that straightened out. I'm encouraged by that because I love you so much. I see the spot that you're in, but I want to get you to this other place where Christ wants you to be and not the place where you're in right now because of your sin. Because one of the loving things that we can do is come alongside of people in a spirit of love, not in a spirit of judgment, but to love them and say, listen, this is what people see. This is what God sees. And you've wandered, but I'm going to come alongside of you. And in this mess, I will walk with you. It's not going to be easy sometimes, but I will be there with you. And it's harder when the people that are walking with you, the ones you're supposed to be devoted to, are the ones who've hurt you. Now, is it easy to be loving like God asks us to? No, I I don't think so. I wish that it was. There are a few people who stand out above others who are able to love in unmentionable ways that are absolutely wonderful. But I think for the majority of us, there's a struggle. So I want to give you an acronym. I like acronyms, and the acronym is HELP. And I know that you're all furiously writing notes, but here's HELP. And uh, the first one is this. It's HOLLER, which, of course, is another term for pray, but then I can't use the acronym HELP because HELP really doesn't sound right. So HOLLER out to God and say, God, I know that you urge me to be lovingly loving with loving love, but I can't do it. I absolutely, positively cannot do it. So please, God, help me. Help me in every way possible to experience your divine love that in light of everything that you've done for me, I can love others like you have loved me. The first step is to pray, but the second thing is to embrace God's control. Say, God, I know that you're in charge. I know that you have control over this person. I know that you have control over the circumstances. I'm going to embrace that. And even though right now it is hard to love this person at all, I will still love them. I will be devoted with them because not only will I pray, but I will trust that you, my father, our father, are in heaven. And because you are in heaven, you are in control. And even though this isn't easy, even though this isn't fun or might be discouraging or depressing or make me want to give up, I am devoted to this person as much as I am devoted to you and I will embrace this. And I will embrace your control over this situation. The next thing is to look out and hang out with like-minded people, which is why we have community groups. It's why in some ways we have a Connection Sunday to connect with people. It's that thing to come alongside and say, when I am wounded, when I am down, I need help. Carry me. It's like the Marines. They don't leave anyone behind, dead or wounded. And they will put themselves at risk at times in order to get that wounded person back to the safety of their lines. Look for people like that and walk with them. That gives us strength because when we can walk together in the midst of our difficult situations, then we have a sense of what community is supposed to be like, especially biblical community. And the last one, and the important one, and this is going to sound crazy, is to pursue these people by being devoted to them. Those hard-to-love people. Now, how many of you on Facebook ever see those little, um, maybe I have just a bunch of weird friends. Well, I do have a bunch of weird friends, but that's not the issue. But on Facebook, you know those little um, cute little sayings people send out, like happiness is petting your dog or something like that? Uh, I have two groups of friends that have the ones with, like, if you have negative people in your life, get them out. 
Has anyone ever seen like, it's not exactly that mean, but it's kind of like that, right? Bobby, thank you. I appreciate you raising your hand and saying, so I'm not the only one who has weird friends. Bobby does too. But they have that negative kind of thing. Like if you've got negative people, negative aura, negative energy, whatever it is, get rid of those people. Okay, you know what? That makes sense, doesn't it? If someone is dragging you down, like if they're drowning, you don't want to drown with them, get rid of them. But I don't think it is fully biblical because what is Paul saying? He says, lovingly love with loving love, be devoted to them. So even though that person might be the king of jerks, being devoted to them calls us to pursue them. Why? Not because we're great people. Not even because they deserve it, because it is the very thing that God did to us. We did not pursue God. He pursued us. We did not say, God, I am interested in the things of you. It is God who initiated this love by sending his son, Jesus, cleansing us from our sin by his death, his ascension, his resurrection and his ascension into heaven. He pursues us. He pursues everyone. And the call that Paul is saying here is... Be devoted to one another in light of all of the things that God has done for us and where we have come from as messed up as we have been. He chased us and your call, your ministry, your mission is to chase people as well. And specifically in the body of Christ to be devoted to one another, even to that person who spoke behind your back and said that rotten thing even to the person who to your face offended and hurt you, to pursue them. That's help. God wants to help us and allow us to see in action and experience what it is like to love for him. Thanks. All right. Let's take a moment. And what I want to do is just to reflect before we get into our groups. I was wondering what you were all looking at, and I'm, I'm glad that you guys put that up there. Thanks, guys. Why don't we bow our heads, just take a few moments to reflect on what it means to be devoted. Because you're about to share some of the stories that are going on in your life with people you might not even recognize or normally have a conversation with. But in your life right now, you might have somebody who it's really hard to be devoted to. And when you hear... What Paul says, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to be lovingly loving with loving love, you're struggling. Man, I cannot do that. Or, maybe even more clearly, I don't want to do that. I want that person to suffer. Let's take a few minutes, and I want us to cry out and ask God for help. God, help me. To love like you love. As impossible as, as it seems. Get me to that place. Then I might be able to do what you ask me to do. Just take a few minutes. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.